You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, Islanders are on a roll. They are they have points in eight straight. They've won, I don't know, three, four, something in a row. And I don't know. It's just a fun time, man. They've turned around. Whatever, whatever problems they had earlier, they have wiped away and are right back in the thick of this race. And in fact, are uh, in second place, I believe, right now in the division. One of, it's one of my favorite features of this, these Barry Trotz Islanders is that like when they figure it out, it's not just like a, a one game kind of thing. Like they they show signs of like, OK, there's some process things going right. Um, they might not win the game that the, those process things are happening in. And then all of a sudden, but, you know, you know, like, OK, they're bubbling. And um, and then, yeah, and then they, they, they start to like rattle off wins and you you start to question why you ever doubted them to begin with and then obviously th- you know the 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 shoe fits on the other foot too with that kind of thing because when things go awry you start to see it a little earlier and then you're like oh god why did i ever think this team was good but um yeah they've, they've just looked um like a more uh uh like a, a more um like drastic version of themselves from the bubble and when i say that i mean like because their their defensive game has been so good um it, it, it's like the bubble when, when they were when they were rolling in the bubble uh you know it was, it was kind of two-way good two-way hockey obviously the, the defense was still the star of the show but um there this time it's just like it's clear that this team is just so well drilled on uh where to be and when things are um going uh a little off kilter on the ice like how, how to shell up properly to make sure that they protect uh, the slot and and sweep rebounds and just kind of bend and not break until they get a shift change and um, it's just like all the all like the good features of Barry Trotz hockey have kind of rose risen to the surface and uh, they're doing it with um, a roster that is not just uh, you know where nobody's mad about the roster right now it seems like <laughs> which is which is a first for this season at least and yes um, and you see why like you see like you see why like fans have been clamoring for, you know, a roster that kind of looks like this uh, for this whole season, because you're like, look, if, if they do play well, if you play well with this, with these four lines uh, and these six defensemen, you're going to set the separation between you and the team that you're playing against is going to be bigger. Um, and that's, that's what it is. And, and it's, it's been great. It's been, uh, it's been fun, boring hockey. Yeah. It's very rare 
to have a consensus amongst Islanders fans, particularly when it comes to the lineup. You know, there's always somebody who's like, oh, I got to get this guy in there or whatever. But uh, when the lineup was announced for Thursday's game, or excuse me, Tuesday's game, uh, which we're going to talk right off the bat, and it involved the return of Anthony Beauvillier and the sending to the taxi squad of Leo Komarov, a guy who, in fairness, had played very well over the last couple of games. Um, that was a, kind of a huge move because it meant Oliver Wallstrom stayed in the lineup. And not only that, but something that we had talked about earlier was Beauvillier playing with J.G. Pajot, figuring that, you know, those two guys had a chemistry. Beauvillier is coming back from a long injury. This would be a great place to start. And lo and behold, that's where he was. So Beauvillier, Pajot, Wallstrom was a line. The Nelson, uh, Eberle, Dalcole line, which had worked pretty well, was still aligned. Then you had Barzell, Eberle, uh, Lee, and Bailey, and then obviously the third line. So everything sort of clicked into place. And uh, I want to start with Tuesday's game. It was a 3 nothing shutout in favor of the Islanders. Um, and, you know, you can. it was their third third game in four nights. You could kind of see them running out of gas a little bit. The Sabres coming off a 15-day break. Let's be honest, they're not the most talented team in the league <laughs> the Sabres are, even without that kind of break. Uh, and so, you know, the, the gas was starting to come on, come out a little bit and, and they were kind of, there was a big push at the second half of the third period, but that game, I think to me and a lot of other people is going to be remembered mainly for being Ilya Sorokin's first win and first shutout. And really our first glimpse of something that you and I, and a lot of other people have been looking forward to, which is, this guy just coming in and absolutely dominating a game. Uh, he made 20 saves. At least a quarter of them were of the fairly spectacular variety. Like guys in front, again, the Sabres aren't exactly the sharpest shooting team in the league, but dudes in front, uh, there was a couple of breakdowns in the slot. And Sorokin was there for every single one of them. He got a little lucky on one uh, that bounced off, I think, the, the his leg and the post. They had one called back. It was a power play goal. Uh, they got called back because Jack Eichel was offsides. That would have been a goal on just about anybody. I mean, if he had, even if he had let that in, hey, you know what? That that's fine. But he was fantastic, and I don't want to you know take anything away from him. He was he was great, and that was again a glimpse of what you wanted to see from this team going forward. Young players in position, to, you know, for to gain Barry Trotz's trust, and Ilya Sorokin in goal stealing games. And I, you and I were talking throughout it. And at one point you were like, is this real? And I was thinking to myself, yes, this is real. This guy's stealing this game, not stealing the game, but like robbing guys and, and making these crazy saves is real. And it's just, it's what we've waited for this whole time. And it was great to actually see it in person, you know? And, and the thing that was so, there, there's so many things like to unpack about that start. And the thing that was so mesmerizing about it was how quiet he is. Like in his, he, he's making these 10 bell saves going side to side full stretch and it's 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 you're just watching it happen and you're you're seeing it and you're like he doesn't look like he's panicking to get over there like rick di pietro for all of rick's faults in, in in every different way he would make these saves like you know he'd make these acrobatic saves but when rick would go side to side to rob someone with a glove or whatever there were like 18 different body parts moving yeah. moving and then he of course you know would flash the leather which sorokin did yesterday a couple of times but but like he the, it, it was always a, sh- a little bit of a carnival whenever Rick made a big save like that. For Sorokin, you, like you're seeing it happen. Like there was a you know a, one pass that went across. I can't remember who he meant, ended up making the save on. I think it actually might have been Olafson. And um, he just you know went side to side so smoothly. And you're, you're like, wow, this is developing really slowly. I feel like. But then you realize when you see the replay, like, no, it wasn't developing slowly. It was just developing calmly. And he he's just so smooth going side to side to get across that you know I, I, I haven't seen anything you know kind of like that before um there's just no there's, there's like no panic in him at all uh you know i was joking around with you and that he he's he seems to be like of that uh you know of that russian like um scientist stereotype like i i, I fully expect him to just like see him like like a, a big one of those big like leo tolstoy novels like bulging out of his uh like back of his pants or something and to see him like reading it in the middle of a game. Like I always talk about Barzell is like the type of player who I, I think should be skating around with like a rose in between his teeth. Cause it's just like, he's just so romantic to watch. And then, but like Sorokin on the other end is like this guy, he should, he should have like beakers and like smoke f- <laughs> coming out of in front of him. And he should be reading and there should be classical music playing behind him and stuff because he, he, he just gives off that vibe of that, like Einsteinian vibe. And, um, 
it, it's kind of it kind of comes through in his play like it's just like his his angles are just like there and he's just it's it you can tell that like there's something truly special there and and sure it's, you know it's been one win so rain it in mike but like but like in that win, you're like those in these moments you're just like holy crap like i i don't know if i've seen there there were a couple of saves yesterday and i just like i don't know if i've ever seen any goalie make th- that save look that easy and that economical before in my he, life he played really what you would call a flawless game like obviously they didn't give any any goals and again the one that was called back uh would have been a goal but i mean even that one you couldn't have faulted him on um but there was not one rebound in the wrong spot not one mistake you know cue anywhere that you could see him kind of scrambling back like you said to to pick up uh, you know to cover for a mistake that he made he was just flawless and like, yeah he was just incredibly calm and the funny thing is if you look back on the his previous starts obviously the one against the rangers uh where he didn't know he was starting until about 15 to 20 minutes before the game um you know he looked we talked we talked about it. his his angles were off something just seemed kind of wacky about it but the t- team itself stunk anyway so i mean what are you gonna do he played a game against the flyers and it was better but you can see that things were kind of still had a couple of kinks to work out um, there are no more, no, no kinks in this game and there might be later on. We'll see how the rotation goes going forward, but you know, there were no kinks in this game. Like there was nothing that you would think, wow, this guy is really, you know, he, he just had it so locked down. And if you think back to the game he played two weeks ago against the flyers, when now again, it wasn't, he wasn't terrible, but like he had some stuff to work out. You're like, boy, how did they, what kind of practices was this guy going through and like how, how tight is his mental preparation and how good are the goalie coaches to get him to this point uh, where he was just like a robot out there. And, and it was, it was great to see. Um, you know, the game itself was uh, definitely the, the least exciting of the two. Uh, I thought the best, the funniest thing about the game was uh, that uh, the same two guys scored in the same two in the first periods of both games in almost the exact same way. Uh, Anders Lee from a beautiful feed from uh, Noah Dobson and, uh, potted home one he's having a great season by the way lee we need to do an episode on him because he's just i think he's got se- seven goals now i think or six yeah. goals and he had the empty net or two to seal it in a weird way like that goal that goal that the islanders scored like that is the exact type of goal that i'm like well Ilya stroke is not going to give that up like because mm. it was side to side like it was a weird play because like you didn't expect that pass to go it, that pass was like a true wall to wall almost pass and kyle right. poso was looking the wrong way and whatever <laughs> And, but Carter Hutton was like so he Carter Carter Hutton was so far b- past the play that like even the weird angle that Lee shot it at was like you're like wow the goalie if if he even moved over if he read that play right he's he would easily have taken that off the chest but that that's like the play that I'm like wow like Sorokin moves so well side to side he, he would if he would have had that one. yeah uh, Lee was almost on the red line at that point when he actually shot that thing it was almost like a really super tight angle. Uh, but it was great. And then JG Paggio a few minutes later from the exact opposite side of where he had scored the night before with almost the same exact play. He was on the rush off turnover and he just zapped it by uh, Carter Hutton in that case. And the Islanders, that was really all they needed. Um, you know, the second period was mostly Sabres, but they only came away with three shots on goal, which just goes to show you both how tightly the Islanders can play defense and, you know, how little the Sabres actually tried to get shots on net because they spent the entire period, it felt like, almost in the Islanders' zone and just didn't come away with anything. And then in the third, they were better. Um, again, they almost got that power play goal. And from that point on, the Islanders snapped back into position. And, and at that point, they they kind of took over. And once once uh, Hutton was pulled uh, for the extra attacker, the, the Sabres didn't really have much of anything at all. Uh, so that was a, a pretty cool win. It was a lot of fun to see again on back to backs. You know, if you, if you can get four points on a back to back night, man, you're doing something pretty well because you know normally you'd think ah eh, split's fine, but to grab all four points is awesome. The night before uh, on Monday was a three to one win again, two nothing Islanders in the first period. Um, Varlamov made another twenty saves. He was absolutely outstanding. Um, Victor Olofsson scored a power play goal in that one. That's all that guy does is score power play goals. And I wonder what the Islanders would look like if they had him on their team scoring power play goals. Um, but then the Islanders got a two goal lead right back. Nelson uh, got his own power play goal, which is nice to see him chipping in again. Um, and uh, Varlamov locked it down. The Islanders, though, as you've no doubt already heard, gave up zero shots on goal in the third period, which is something they had never apparently done in their entire history something that the Sabres had not done getting no shots on goal. They hadn't done in 10 years. 
And uh, it was pretty remarkable. It didn't feel like it again because it felt like they had zone time, but they just didn't. You know, half of the period goes by and you're like, why do they have no shots on goal? And then it just, well, surely they'll get, you know, something. And then the game ends and you're like, they had no shots on goal the entire period. Um, that's not a way to mount a comeback. I mean, they were only down 3-1 at that point, and uh, it just wasn't happening. And so that was, I mean, I want to say between that one and maybe Saturday's game, which we'll talk about in a second against the Bruins, that's sort of like the prototypical Islanders hockey game. It's like the, it's Barry Trotz hockey. You just don't give up any shots. You score when you have the opportunities, and you walk out with a victory. And, I mean, again, people can claim that the Islanders are boring, but I didn't think that game was boring at all. I thought it worked. And I think that if you think – the game is boring. That's probably because your team isn't taking any shots on goal, which is something you as a fan want to see them do. Uh, so to me, it wasn't boring, but I guess to a Sabres fan, it might've been boring and I feel bad for them because their teams, <laughs> it's bad enough. They would sit around for two weeks because of a COVID outbreak. And now they come back and drop right into last place. And, you know, it's going to be hard to kind of climb out, but uh, you know, again, you, you can't, you see the back to back on the schedule and you really can't, Ask for much more than that, and thanks to those four points, the Islanders are just a couple points behind the Bruins in first place and uh, one point ahead of the Flyers uh, for second, which is great. Yeah, that that uh, game on Monday was, and uh, the the two the two games that the Bruins win and then that Sabres game kind of were like continuations of each other. I feel like um, the Islanders really played a great game against the Bruins and uh, carried that in that same style into that that Sabres game and. Um, there's a couple things, yeah, like the Varlamov situation, Lou, like, look, like Lou Lamarillo has made a, a couple of mistakes, uh, definitely in personnel wise in his tenure as Islanders GM, but, uh, the Varlamov move, like we, we both love Robin Leonard. I'll love Robin Leonard forever. Um, but it, it basically has been a like for like switch in terms of what, you know, their production in, uh, you know, Leonard, Maybe had you know his numbers were a little bit better last year than Varlamov, but the way that Varlamov's played this year, like and he, the way he was in the bubble, it's just like you know nobody is complaining about that deal, which was something that I didn't anticipate uh, to be happening. I thought that people would would uh, that that deal probably would have been a little bit of an egg on his face, but uh, on Lou's face, but it's it, it's looked good, and he's been really really just solid um, from b- basically you know, on uh, the bubble on and, and he's, he had one bad game and uh, he kind of wore it on the chin too. Cause that was the game that uh, Sorokin was in the uh, taxi squad. And for some reason, Corey Snyder didn't, wasn't, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't even trusted enough for mop up duty. But um, other than that, like he's just, he's, he's been, uh, you know, one of the best goalies in the league uh, so far. So you just can't really complain about what he's done. He's, he's probably him and, and Barzell, are probably neck and neck in, in MVP uh, for the Islanders. And then the other thing was like, you, you mentioned it, like Komarov had a couple of really good games in a row. And uh, that's, that was so shocking to me was that, uh, that, that Barry actually sat him because of, you know, that, those were probably the two best games we've seen out of uncle Leo in <laughs> uh, maybe, you know, since his first season on the Island on the Island, when he was, he would have like these little blips with Val Philpola, but, uh, like the fact that he trusts Oliver Wallstrom was, is actually like to the rest of the hockey world, like a very, very, very minor development uh, because, you know, to, to people who are maybe don't pay attention to the Islanders, Oliver Wallstrom playing over Leo Komarov is, you know, just logic. But to Islander fans are like, this is, this is a big moment. <laughs> and I, I, it's, it dawned on me. I can't remember the Islanders in my, I can't like some, I was talking about it with my friend, Mike, and he said, Mark Andre Bergeron for this question was, I can't remember the last time the Islanders have had a player who is so trigger happy, um, mm. especially a forward. I mean, Brad since, Boyce, since Wallstrom, you mean basically yeah, yeah, Wallstrom basically being the, that guy, like have, have you seen, can you recall an Islander who, when he gets the puck, he, he just, his like GPS turns him to the net and he just shoots it. <laughs> and that's it. It's just like, and, and, it's 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 an interesting wrinkle to a team that's been so predictable because the Islanders have been so, so drilled into you know passing up you know a shot that might get blocked or a shot from the point to try to find these high quality chances. Whereas Wallstrom is a little bit of a wild card in that situation, and his line mates are pr- 
they're good for it because like Pajot is always buzzing around the net. He has a nose for the puck. So when Malstrom shoots a puck and it hits off a shin or a goalie makes a save like Pajot, Beauvillier, these are two good players who are nifty around in those like dirty areas to find pucks and, and deposit them where they're supposed to go. But like in, in, I just can't think of a player who I can remember, uh, you know, maybe on some bad teams, but like, I, I really can't. I would, I would actually like to yeah. hear from other people. Like who is the last like super trigger happy player? Cause I, 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 it's it's so foreign to me. They they've never really had. If anything, it's been the exact opposite. They've got guy. They've had guys for too long. Yeah, that just like didn't Josh want Bailey. to take shots at all. Right. Yeah, Bailey obviously being the the thread that kind of ties all those together. You always wanted them to shoot more, and then you had guys like Molson who would score off of like deflections and things hanging around the net. So he didn't really even have to shoot that many times either. No, I can't even. I mean. I don't know, Ziggy Palfy, maybe? I don't even know. I guess I guess Bergeron is one guy. I guess Campoli is probably another guy, but I'd have to look at the numbers. I'm, probably, I'm just probably misremembering. But um yeah, yeah that's that's a good but, one. And yeah, and yeah he's forwards, a bit of a wild card. Like, yeah, forwards, yeah. yeah, they don't they've never Mike Bossy, maybe. I don't even know. Like they just <laughs> um yeah. Um but yeah, Walsham is a bit of a wild card. And if you watch um Barry Trotz's post game thing, uh, somebody right off the bat, um asked him about trust and and Wallstrom and he was like yeah he's given me a reason to put him out there and and basically you know he's doing things without the puck you know he still he still only has a one goal and one assist this year so it's not like he's lighting up the scoreboard but he's doing the things that Barry wants him to do which is you know don't be a liability on defense he's he's hitting guys he's making his impact felt there and you know he's working within the structure of his line mates like you said to create scoring chances the way Barry wants. And I don't think it's ever that Barry doesn't want them to shoot. I think he wants them to take opportunities that are high danger. He doesn't just want people to shoot and kind of from anywhere. So, you know, if he's going to get those chances and they're, and they're presented to him, why not shoot? Sure. Why not? And if he hits the net even better. Um, So I, you know, as long as he's in there, I think people are going to be happy. Now I'm sure that, you know, here we are talking about this and the Islanders have two games coming up. We're going to talk about after the break. I'm sure Uncle Leo is going to get into another game eventually, but it has been fun. And Kiefer Bellows has been sitting out for this whole time. Um, and again, Michael Dak Cole, same same kind of thing as Wallstrom. He hasn't scored, but you know he works well within the context of his line. And him and Eberly and Nelson are able to kind of cycle in the zone, keep the puck in the zone, and work their way around. And Eberly is usually the one who ends up with the scoring chances. And hey, whatever works, you know, uh, it, it'll work for them. So if they can keep this going. They can definitely, you know, again, keep racking up points. It's eight, the streak is at eight games now with a point, uh, and they they just need these. Their season is essentially a quarter over, and uh, they're looking pretty good so far. Um, you know, let's just talk real quick about that Bruins game on Saturday. Um, arguably the best game of the whole bunch <laughs> for the Islanders, uh, especially against a team that has been proven time and again to be uh, a, a tough one for them. You know, I didn't think that they would win two games against the Bruins in the same season. Uh, and they did it within the same month, which is really remarkable. Um, the Bruins came out and were all over the Islanders for about 10 minutes. They took a one nothing lead. And then from that point on, it was all Islanders. They tied it. They took a lead. And uh, they eventually uh, gave it up just before the end of the period. Patrice Bergeron. But then it was all Islanders in the third. And then Barzell had a beautiful power play goal. And then Komarov, again, scores uh, you know, for a shorthanded goal. And uh, it was done. It was a 4-2 win. And, uh, you know, again, could have been Lou Lamorello called it their best game of the season. And, you know, I mean, he's seen them all, so uh, I'm not going to argue with him. And uh, it was something I, I again, I did not expect that um, you go into a game like that thinking you maybe get a split or, you know, you get a point out of it. It's pretty good to get two points and to knock out the team in first place uh, is huge. And I mean, that's they play the Bruins again this month. We'll talk about the upcoming schedule, too, in a second. But, uh, you know, getting two wins against that team in the same season has got to be a real confidence building thing. Like now you look at those guys and you're like, all right, well, well we can beat them. They've beaten Rask now. Maybe he didn't have the best game on Saturday, but he's still too good Rask. He's still pretty good. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess they've got to be p- feeling pretty good about themselves and uh, we'll see if they can continue to do this. The, uh, the Bruins thing, there's a couple of different things that are really encouraging. One, um, they're the only team in the league that has, or in the division, I guess, because that's the schedule, but they're the only team that hasn't allowed the Bruins to take a point off them. Uh, the Islanders are have taken all four points uh, allotted in, in those games, and 
the Bruins were what like I think they're ten two and two and those two regulation losses, like I said, it came came against the Islanders. Uh, so what does that show you? It shows you that if if uh, you know these two teams do end up playing in the, in the playoffs, like there is a reason to believe because not only were these wins. Um, especially the last one, not only were they, you know, was it good to get a win, but the, the Islanders didn't look out of place. Like I remember last February, cause I was, I think it was like maybe the second to last game that I went to when they played the Bruins at the Coliseum, I think they got s- smoked for nothing or something. Mm-hmm. And within the first two shifts of the game, it was over. You're just like, wow, like the, there's the Bruins have a, a way of just clamping a, like the life out of their opponent if if the uh, if the opponent allows them to, which is usually making a mistake and and letting them score and get a lead, but that that the difference between that game and this game was the Islanders never really did that. They they kind of imposed their will on Boston, which very few teams do. <laughs> um, and that that's just like super encouraging when you when you really think about uh, what what the season is going to look like for the next couple months and into the playoffs if the Islanders get there, um, because like there's no reason to. I'm sure there's reason the, the Bruins are still the boogeyman in this division. Um, but you know, if, if you, if you can get these results, you, you have a, a, a reason, not just for, for the players, but for fans, like to not, you know, behind behind your sofa um, <laughs> going into the, uh, going into the series. And the other thing too, is like the, I know the, the flyers have been dealing with uh, their uh, protocol stuff. So they haven't really been playing, but, the other teams in the division, uh, especially the contenders, are all—they're all messes. Like, like the Penguins are a mess. The Capitals are a bit of a mess. Uh, uh, and, and, and this is not including the Bruins. Um, the Rangers have obviously kind of cratered. Like, um, the Islanders are finding their game while the other teams are still trying to sort their uh, sort their stuff out. So, th- th- these wins kind of came at like a perfect time. And don't forget that last year the Islanders went on that crazy point streak. Like. It, it it's I'm not saying they're going to do that again, but the way they're playing now is like it's in, in this like matter of fact way, getting good goaltending, whatever. That's kind of how it was. Like there was no panic when they went down against the Bruins. There was no panic when they tied it up. There was no panic when the Sabers, um, you know, they hemmed the Islanders in for two minutes at the end of the second period yesterday. And uh, Barry Trotz, I thought, very very um, kind of in like a cunning way. Like instead of being like you know we got lucky, we survived that. He kind of complimented the players. Uh, for surviving that ship being like we have you know we, we have a plan in place when that stuff happens and they executed it which you don't really hear coaches say that when when you know if, if during a shift or about a shift like that um but these these are like kind of like these the islanders like i said in the beginning of the episode like they give off like these signs uh of of bigger things to come and, and you know knock on wood that this is one of the you know this is part of uh, a bigger kind of streak uh, i mean obviously eight game point streak or whatever we're there on right now is nothing to shake a stick at, especially when you're playing basically good teams every night. Um, so I'm just like, I'm confident that there's something uh, bigger co- to come. Uh, I shouldn't say I'm, I'm, I'm not counting on it because who knows, like an injury or whatever. But um, I I feel for the first time this season, like I feel um, a little bit like at peace with like the way that things are going. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely have, have found their groove after a couple of games. And, you know, we talked about it too. Like when, when they haven't, when they're not in their groove, it makes you question everything in life. And then when they do, you're like, Oh yeah, right. I forgot about these guys, you know, and it all stems from, from one line feeding off the next. So it's pretty good. Uh, we are going to talk about their upcoming games and uh, whether or not to be worried about them. Uh, one of those teams you mentioned uh, the, as a mess is right on the horizon, so we'll talk about them. Uh, before we get to the break, a reminder to leave us a review on iTunes and to put your Twitter handle in there for a chance to win some uh, Islanders swag from eBay. Uh, our last winner is still not contacted you. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, I had reached out to Carl. Um on Instagram, but uh, I've yet to hear from him. But yeah, I'll, I will. I will get him his eBay swag. Come hell or high water. <laughs> so, Carl, if you're out there, uh, please uh, contact Mike and uh, get collect your swag uh, as soon as possible. Uh, but thanks. Yeah, leave us a review on iTunes with your Twitter handle in it, and we'll have a new winner th- uh, at the end of the month. Okay. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the uh, next games on the horizon. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can buy t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. They also have our Al Arbor t-shirts, which you can buy there. And our portion of the sales go directly to Center for Dementia Research. You can use the code Lighthouse15, save 15%. You can also pre-order your Columbus Chill jerseys. These are awesome. If you remember hockey in the 90s. Teams started using some weird, especially minor league teams started using some weird designs, and the Columbus Chiller right up there. It's like a vertical, uh, upside down logo. It's really cool, and if you're into that kind of stuff, uh, you can't resist. So you can pre-order those right now, vintageicehockey.com. So go there today. Uh, okay, so the Islanders have two more games this week, uh, and then another one on Monday. The two games this week are both against the Penguins Thursday and Saturday. They played the Penguins last Thursday. Lost in a shootout, um, which was a hugely disappointing uh, result because they had played pretty well. And uh, Matt Barzell had scored a goal in the third period that will live on uh, beyond all of us, uh, where he turned poor rookie P- uh, Pierre-Olivier Joseph inside out. And uh, it was uh, pretty cool. And you thought, wow, that's the end of that. And then the Penguins came back and scored and, and won the shootout. Um, but since then, like you, like you said before, the Penguins have been a bit of a mess. They've, they have only two regulation wins this season, which is pretty remarkable. They're in, I think, fourth place right now, but I mean, man, that's not good. (laughs) You're going to need those as a tiebreaker. The Islanders, by the way, have, uh, eight, I believe, and the Bruins have 10. So the Islanders are doing pretty well in that department. But, um, you know, the Penguins are, are a little bit like the Bruins in that I think the Islanders always have a bit of a kind of intimidation factor against them despite the fact that they play them all the time and have beaten them in the playoffs there's always that feeling i think and uh again taking points from these guys is would be a huge thing and especially playing them in, uh in two you know twice in the same week and then they have a monday game against the sabers again and then two more games against the penguins after that so these are huge for setting up the next two and the you know memory of losing that shootout must still be fresh in the Islanders' memories, even though it was followed up by three wins. They need to get points against these guys because they're right, they're going to be right behind them no matter what all season long. So it's going to be huge. And to strike now while they're in a bit bit of disarray would be, I think, a good thing. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically this this is like a, t- a time when the Islanders can not, you know, not only do themselves a huge favor by getting points, but do the whole division some favor and kind of cause some separation between uh, the Penguins and the top of the division. Um, they, the Penguins are doing the thing again where, like, it, I, I never know who's playing for them and who's hurt. Like, if someone gets hurt in, like, the strangest ways uh, every, every like, morning skate or whatever, um, the goaltending has been, you know, pretty terrible for them too. So it's like this is as flawed as the Penguins have been since, you know, job Andy Kyoto was, like, playing goal for them when, in, like, Crosby's first season. Uh, so, like, just, just to be able to, kind of push them away and uh i was saying in the beginning of the season like the key in in this kind of race is like you just don't want to be cut adrift like you need to be able to uh collect points and and hang with teams so it's deep into as deep into the season as possible to kind of uh outlast because you know the the nature of the schedule is that some teams are going to just fall off and um you just if if that ends up being the penguins well that, that would be wonderful but uh, you just don't want it to happen to you, and and just just because the Islanders are uh, on the streak right now doesn't mean there's any um, any reason to like kind of relax. Like I said, I was at peace. I'm not relaxed. Like they they're still what four points ahead of the the playoff cutoff line, and they have a they played one more game than I think Pittsburgh, who was the next team, and the Devils have only played ten games, and you know they 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 look like they're going to be a nad all season. So like there there's just there's no reason right now. Um, 
you know, for, for the Islanders to kind of just capitulate and it doesn't look like there's one coming, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. Like, we, you know, this is such a weird sport and uh, things go arrived pretty, pretty quickly. Um, but like I like you just, the way the schedule set up with getting two games against Buffalo and um, or three, I guess uh, with these Penguins games at, at the time, like you just, this is, this is the right time to be playing the Penguins. Um, so they just, they need to take, you know, the majority of the points in these, in these mini series, uh, no matter if it's against Sidney Crosby or, or not. And look, the, they just do, they look vulnerable, especially with that goaltending, like the, the Islanders, uh, I know they're, I think right now, uh, very slight underdogs, but for that first game, which is the, the, in Pittsburgh, I believe, right. The first two, but um, I think, I think it is, but, um, yeah. So that and so, which tells you that like the Islanders would be favored, or or the the. Oh, no, they're market. both at the Coliseum. Oh, they are at the Coliseum. I don't know. These are both in Pittsburgh, and then next week's are both at the Coliseum. G- gotcha. Yeah. So so what that tells you is that the betting market with when you when you take out home ice advantage views the Islanders as the better team right now, uh, and and you can't really disagree with that. So uh, they they just got to kind of impose their will and and hopefully uh, and take the points. And 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 I would like to see. I think it, it might come in the Buffalo game. I would love to see Trotz go back to Sorokin in one of these games. And, and that's obviously nothing against Varlamov, but one thing that's going to matter is that having this, having a goaltender who Trotz can kind of rely on behind uh, Varlamov is, is going to be huge in terms of keeping him fresh. Like it's not just about Sorokin, Sorokin's performances. It's also about like we, they, they can't just ride Simeon Varlamov for 48 of the 56 games <laughs> and then expect him to be fresh in the playoffs. So, uh, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see when, when Barry goes back to him, and, and hopefully, you know, he kind of sticks with this lineup because, like you said, like Dal Cole and and Walsh have given him no reason to, to, to take them out of the lineup, and um, Dal Cole, I think, it's just been, he's, he's been fun to watch, and it's very weird to say that about a guy who literally doesn't score ever doesn't like score. ever <laughs> it just does not, it's yeah. just not, he could be playing, he should be playing with a stick that isn't, doesn't have like the blade at the end of it. It should just be like a whacker because he just, it, when he gets on his, when he actually gets the puck in front of the net, like you just know it's not going in the net, but um, he, he's just been great in every other part of the game. So it's a, it's a weird, that line is like weirdly gelled nicely. I don't know how long Dal Cole will be with the Islanders, but let, let's just say it's, it's like a, a pretty long period of time, like six years or something like that. I don't even know what he's at now. I guess is at two or this is probably, I guess, his second full season, but like parts of the other ones. Let's say he's he's here for six years. I could see him being one of those guys that has like a crazy outlier season. Like he has like, you know, two or three goals for every season. And then all of a sudden he has like 19 one year. And then he's right back to like three or four after that. And you're like, what happened? To, you know, so he just has one of those crazy shooting percentage years one year. But um, yeah, it's um, it's actually funny because if you told me that a season, a, um, Season a month in which you played the Penguins four times would actually turn out to be one of the easier months on the schedule. I would have said that's completely insane. But if you look at the schedule for March and April, I think that's pretty true. And that's nothing to take nothing away from the Penguins, who again are you know they might be still you know kind of on shaky ground right now, but they're still the Penguins. Like they're still pretty good. But if you look at the schedule for March, it's a lot of Flyers, a lot of Capitals, more Bruins, and then the Rangers and Devils, who you know love nothing would love nothing more than to to beat the Islanders. So this is a chance right now to make some serious headway uh, against a team. Like you said, that's got, you know, a bit of a rotating lineup, their defense, quite frankly, I, I just, I look at these guys and I'm like, who, who even are you? I, that's not a Chris Letang. I just, none of these guys, uh, you know, recognize, I recognize it all. Um, you know, Marino is supposed to be good, but I don't know. He looks kind of ordinary to me. Um, the mm-hmm. goalies are having lots of, lots of trouble too. Uh, and you know, hopefully this doesn't come back to bite me, but, uh, you know, this is a chance to, to really make up some points. And if you can get four more points against these guys, or at least take three out of the four points, that also would be huge too. Uh, especially since you're, you're right behind them. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I just, and then like the whole, the whole Brian Burke thing is just weird. I wrote about this this week and it's just <laughs> like, I just don't get it. Like, I know, you know, the, you can say what you want about the penguins, but like, their whole thing is really more of a quiet arrogance. Like they never really have like loud mouths, like guys who are just like, just barking all the time. Just shut up. Stop talking. You know, Mario made the garage league thing and it was really weird. Like even, even said, even did it as like a, like a press release, you know, that's how, 
They they don't do loud mouths in Pittsburgh, at least not the Penguins anyway. <laughs> but Brian Burke is all loud mouth. Like he's all mouth. And, you know, he's been successful. Don't get me wrong. He's got a Stanley Cup ring. He had put those good Vancouver teams together. But he's all mouth. And it's just like, I just find it weird. And I, I wonder if he's some sort of like, human target because they know that things are going to be bad. Yeah, maybe they make the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. And every time, as long as they have Crosby and Malkin, there's a chance they make the playoffs, right? But, like, eventually those dudes are going to have to go away. And I wonder if they want him there as sort of like the human target to take all of the abuse while the other guys kind of build a team, a new version of the Penguins around him because I just don't get it. I don't think he's going to be there that long, to be honest. I feel like he's going to he's going to blow in like a wind and he's going to say a bunch of stupid stuff. And then two years from now, he's going to be gone and – back on tv but I don't know. the whole thing is just weird to me it, it was so strange like uh and and like even like ron hextall like there were all these names being bandied about like kevin weeks and chris drury and like never once did ron hextall's mm. name like come across my purview <laughs> for this job and i'm like and, and i never but then when he gets the job everybody's like oh that's the guy i thought was gonna expensive. get it yeah yeah <laughs> well i had him written down i just didn't say it because i didn't uh i didn't have a, yeah. the right sources to corroborate yeah okay just like, just like how Darren Drager right now is trading Sidney Crosby to like three different teams. Like, yeah, that's that's what Brian Burke's gonna do. He's gonna, he's him and Ron Hexel are gonna come into Pittsburgh and and trade away Sidney Crosby. Jesus, um, right. these guys just they can't help themselves. It's unbelievable. It's 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 been truly unbelievable to watch. Um, you know the the these you know the Dragers and Pierre LeBruns of the world during this uh this season with the canadian division and and now the burke thing too because everybody's got a burkey story like let's all hear it like they were all like i can't believe i can't i can't they were, another thing the another big thing when burke got hired was everybody who works for sportsnet was like yeah he told us he was never going to go back to, to you know working in, in the hockey so i'm actually kind of surprised i'm gonna miss you know i'm gonna miss sitting next to you in the studio brian like guys he's not like retired he's not like you know, we're never gonna get, not going to hear from him. He's becoming the, right. the president of a hockey team. Like, well, good God. I don't, I don't know what they were doing. Like, it was just, it was crazy to watch these guys fall over themselves when that happened. Um, it's, it's not and, like they're not going to have him on the, the radio every single day now. Like, now they can do that, you know? And it's just, I don't know. Oh, it's just, yeah. yeah. I, I like just, how at the bottom of, uh, what's that? I, I, no, I was just going to say it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, in the bottom of this week's 31 thoughts, Elliot Friedman is like, non-Canadian fans, we hear you. We we know that we focus a little too much on the, the North Division, but we're, we'll try and get better. Okay, well, what makes you think that that started this year? Like, it's always been like that. <laughs> it's not even that. Like, I don't I don't think they get it. I don't think – it's not like – we don't care that you're spilling, like, column ink on, on the Canadian. It's it's the way you do it. It's the way that, like right. – it's it's like the way that it's uh, every, every – like Chris Johnston today or yesterday – tweeted a picture of Jimmy Vesey talking to a, a Manny Malhotra, who's an assistant coach for the, for the Maple Leafs and wrote, wow, this is like the third time he's had a lengthy chat with a coach on the ice in the last 10 days. Like, Hey, why are you keeping track of that? It's not, and, and, like, what, and who cares? Right. Like it's, it's, this isn't like yeah. this, you're not his like parent right. going to, uh, you know, pick him, going to like progress reports at school and being like, Oh, you've, you've had to keep him after class three times in the past week. Like, all right. Like he's grounded. Like, good God, they can't help themselves. And, and this, and this Chris, two weeks before that, he was like, he, he talked about how, I can't remember who on the Leafs got an A and it was, he was like, this officially, ma- you know, cements him as a member of the Leafs leadership group. Like, what did they do? Like a, like is it like a Native American thing where like you got to go to the woods and yeah. like hunt a bear or something? Like what? What? What happens? <laughs> what do you mean it becomes a member? Yeah, that's what happens. Every team has a couple guys who wear letters on their shirt. Like you know, Sasha Barkov becoming captain of the Florida Panthers like wasn't like a ceremonial thing. Like, and they were like, like good God, they can't. It's, they just can't. No, that's one hundred percent. Yeah, the V. And the funny thing is like. When you look at the VC thing, I'll include the tweet in our in our post before. But like, dude, it's Jimmy VC. Like, what do you <laughs> what do you want from this guy? I mean, he he came in with a lot of fanfare. Obviously, there was like a whole big bidding war, and he signed with the Rangers, and he had like an okay first season, and since then it's been sort of diminishing returns. What do you want from this guy? I don't understand. Like, well, and and the thing is, like, if you've been following, I mean, how could you not? But like. The Leafs are all concerned. But, well, first of all, they blew that 5-1 lead to the Senators, which was the greatest gift anybody could have been given this season. It was just a lot of fun to laugh and point at them. Um, but they're not getting anything from their second line, which is John Tavares and William Nylander. And Steve Simmons had the knives out today. And so I guess rather than pick on those guys, 
you pick on Jimmy VC, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It's very <laughs> sad. The whole thing is just very, it's like a whole other world. I don't get it. Meanwhile, you know, the stars can't play because there's no power in Texas and people are like freezing on the streets and it's like, you never hear about it. It's, you know, they got two, two games on Lake Tahoe this weekend. Nobody cares. There's no big story about them. Yeah. I guess they'll be on TV or whatever. Who knows? But like, I don't know, but we got to worry about Jimmy VC being talked to. By <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I, it, I would have I would have put all my money on Pierre LeBron to be kind of the most insufferable during this thing, and he very close. I mean, oh yeah, he was sure. he was the leader in the clubhouse a couple of weeks ago when he t- tweeted about how the, the the Canadian division is like the greatest thing. I, I mean, the the tweet was just so unbelievably lacked self awareness that it was just hilarious. Um, yeah, like dude, the 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 Canadian division has not been fun for anybody because it's for very bad teams playing hockey against like two good teams. And then there's also a couple of mediocre teams with good players in there too. Like right. the, the, there's a reason why the Maple Leafs are, are in first place right now. Like it's, it's, and it's, and let me tell you, it's, it wouldn't be the same if they were playing in a different division. Um, mm. But Chris Johnson coming is he's, you know, in this race for being the most insufferable Canadian uh, media member is, is, kind of coming out of nowhere to be that guy and he's doing it in just like the strangest creepiest way it's just like, here's a picture of jimmy Vesey talking to manny Malhotra the third time in 10 days yeah. uh he's oh. been johnston's been this way ever since the Tavares signing and i'm not saying that because i'm i'm still mad about it but i i did notice that like he was almost like before that he was very kind of even keeled and then all of a sudden that happened and and he just went dove right into the Tavares beat and was like chronicling his, I'm surprised he didn't put a book out or something about his first year as a leaf. And since then it's, he's been very like leaf centric and it's, it's been really a shame. And, you know, I watch the headlines every week, you know, Sunday morning, I always watch the headline segment from the night before his um, uh, hockey night in Canada. Oh, and then, you know, Friedman again, like they make a big deal about Tavares and Sam Gagne buying this Toronto youth team. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's cool for the kids. I, as long as the kids get like, you know, cool equipment and, and the right direction, that's that's great for them. But like, if you're not one of the kids or one of their parents, like, do you really care? Like, I don't, you know, and if if those two guys weren't with the Leafs, if let's say Tavares was still an Islander and Sam Gagne was still an Oiler and they were buying, you know, their respective communities, you know, junior teams, would they even get maybe a passing mention? I mean, maybe Gagne, I guess, but. If he was still in Canada, but probably not. I mean, Sam Gagne has played for every team in the league, so it's, it's uh, the that that is it's that's the the whole point. Like that, uh, people when when I read that thing about Friedman and that last thought of his blog, which like I, I look forward to reading that. That's this is the disappointing thing. Is like, look, Elliot, we don't get any true like deep dive stuff like in in America about the NHL. Like, so it's kind of important for us to like read this to keep up. Like. Oh wow! Like you know, maybe the Islanders have a chance to trade for Michael Mikhail Granlund because he's you know you mentioned him and like he's being shopped around. Like that's that's where this stuff kind of comes from, and this is stuff we like to talk about because we're fans. Like that's why you know we we read this column, and then when the whole point of like why people are upset like is not just because you're spending time talking about the Oilers or the, the Leafs all the time. It's, it's, it's these kind of things. It's, 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 it's the fact that the Toronto Marlboros got a 350 word lead in a column in the middle of the season. Like if this happened in July and you wanted to write about it, good, good on you. This is right. not, this is who cares? Who yeah, cares that basically. Jimmy VC is talking to Manny Malhotra? Who cares yeah. that, you know, Jake Muzzin is now a member of the Leafs, officially a member of the Leafs leadership group. Like nobody gives a shit. Like that's the, yeah. this is the problem. You know, it's funny when you, when you put those three things in order and there's three things from two separate guys, the, you know, the Muzzin thing, the, the, a, the leadership council, whatever the Jimmy VC thing. And then the Toronto Marlboros thing, you know, who all of those three things sound like they came out of Pierre Maguire. That is all Pierre Maguire all the time. Like you could see him if this was a Penguins game and like, you know, Crosby bought a local Pittsburgh junior team. How many minutes would he spend in that broadcast talking about Crosby buying that that team and how big a deal it was? Meanwhile, literally nobody cares. Nobody watching that broadcast at that moment cares. Or if, you know, again, John, John Marino, you know, he's got an A on his sweater now, Doc. He's a member of the uh, – Penguins leadership council now just a big step for the second year play like okay great you know I don't know, it's, 
I don't know. But that's the point. It's like that's that. Those are the guys we have to listen to because of the the way the sport is covered in America. Like like we're stuck with them. Yeah, yeah, we're we got to listen to like the the Ryan Callahan and and you know the NBC studio make the same joke about to Ryan Callahan that they made to to Patrick Sharp and Anson Carter. Like here's a video of you scoring on Brian Boucher. Everybody, mm-hmm. like, let's laugh. Oh, and by the way, have you guys ever heard the story about when Randy Jones blocked a shot into an empty net? Uh, because guess what? Everyone who's watched this broadcast has 700 times. Good. It's just, it's a, such a parody yeah. of itself. It really is. It really is. It's, it's both, it's really, it's both stay those. And when I don't want to get off on the whole thing, but we've talked about NBC. And yeah, they, they've added Ryan Callahan. I mean, it looks nice in a suit, but he's not really bringing much to the whole party it's the same kind of thing and it's just the same it's stale the same. <laughs> production that we've gotten forever so. and also you know what but this is our lot in life sad is that like <laughs> the guys say the, the sad thing is that yeah it really is and the sad thing is like the, the there are some really good play-by-play and color analysts out there that like when you if you watch like nhl tv or whatever you're like why isn't this person calling like in the studio like why isn't you know you know i like when you listen to, like john forsland who, who does nbc games you're like why, why aren't like people like that, like given more of a chance? Cause th- it's like, it, it really does matter to like, listen to these people talk. Like uh, it just brings such a better, uh, you know, it's not like, it, like if you watched the Bruins versus the Flyers on NBC sports in 2014, and then immediately watch the Bruins versus the Flyers on NBC sports from two tw- 2020, like right next to each other, it would be the same exact thing. Like the same exact thing. They talk, they would be talking about the same thing. They would have, you know, P- Patrice Bergeron shift counter in in the in the score bug for God knows what reason, and then and the studio show would be the same. It's just instead of you know uh, Ryan Callahan, it would be whoever Ryan Callahan was back then. It would be like Aaron Ward or someone. It was just like it's just it's it's so sad that they yeah. haven't been able to think outside the box. And and then when you do get when you do watch these Canadian guys, you're like, holy crap, you're even more insufferable than the people that I hate here. Like it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is very true. Yeah. I never thought of it that way if you put them side by side. Yeah, like when you when you when you like when you watch when you watch Hockey Night in Canada, you're like, oh this is great. Like I love watching Hockey Night in Canada. I love getting this information. And then within two minutes of the in- intermission show, you're like Holy crap! I do not need to hear Jeff Merrick talk about the Victoria Salmon Kings and like for, <laughs> for the next six minutes. Jesus Christ! Turn it yeah. off. Well, or or you know you get like guys like Brian Burke or Kelly Rudy talking about you know the toughness and the grit factor that the you know the Flames seem to be play more gritty. They need to be more gritty and show some more fight while they're down. You know. 3-1 to uh the the Jets in, in the, after the first period. <laughs> like okay, sure. I'm sure I'm sure they definitely need to be more gritty. That's what they're talking about right now in, in the locker room. Bring the grit. Sure. Bring okay. the grit. Anyway, <laughs> well, I didn't expect that Brian Burke segue to lead into 15 minutes of media talk, but it's good. We like this kind of stuff because it it is it is a bit of a uh a, a, you know, long road for us American and hockey fans. I think it's fans. important too cuz it's like it, if you talked about it to your friend who doesn't watch hockey, who's an NBA or MLB or anything. Oh yeah. Like they wouldn't get that like why this Chris Johnson tweet is so ridiculous, <laughs> but there actually is like a community of people out there who like if you bring them together they're like, "Oh man, like no, the, the and and the and when this this community does its best work is at in moments of like the Leafs losing five, uh, <laughs> losing a five one lead to the Senators, like that's when these people they kind of bubble to the surface, and you see some just absolute Twitter geniuses coming out, like the person saying that the uh, <laughs> the, the uh, that horrible thing with the Coyotes was a false flag to distract everyone from the Leafs. <laughs> like yeah. it's just like these. It's it's nice to see like that like you're not alone when you when you're that mad at you know Darren Drager you know <laughs> being up to his old it, stick. Definitely don't sleep on Senator's Twitter. It's a very low-key, great <laughs> Twitter. Like those guys have been beaten down. Bonk's Mullet might be my favorite follow on Twitter. There's a lot of people there that are so funny. They've been so beaten down. And they're a lot like us, you know. I mean, the little brother team, they just love sticking it to the big brother all the time. And and who doesn't love sticking it to the Leafs? It's a, it's a great thing. So I, I definitely recommend that. And hopefully uh the Senators can do it again tonight. Because <laughs> they're playing again tonight, and it's a whole big thing. And I don't want to get into it. Okay. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, we're going to have a, a cool uh, interview coming up in a few minutes with a guy named Anthony DeVino, who's from a company named FOCO. 
who is making uh, – they make collectibles, sports collectibles. They're making a bobblehead of Matt Barzell that you are definitely going to want to check out because it's pretty darn cool. I know everybody's got a million bobbleheads, but trust me, this one has a lot of cool features, and it looks a lot like them, and you're going to want to pre-order it. So listen to the interview. We'll, we're going to talk with him for a few minutes. It's going to be really cool. Where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Big Lee Basket with two E's. Follow Mike at The Big Lebowski with two E's. Uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day if you're most up-to-date. Islanders news and discussion. Uh, listen to our other podcasts, uh, PT Isles with Joe and Noel, and uh, yeah, it's better. I think I think we covered everything, right? I mean, it's been it's been a pretty wild week. It's been hard to kind of keep track of everything. Yeah, and we gave the uh, the the monthly deep dive into why we're so jaded against uh, you know TSN and Sportsnet. So that's very important. <laughs> it is very it is very it's, important. It's it's very therapeutic. It is actually important for 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 us personally. Like, definitely, it's very important to 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 throw those things out off my chest because like just when i see those things when i saw that jimmy bc picture i actually got mad and i needed to be able to have an outlet for that anger yes and and only us only me and the people listening to this will actually know why and we'll feel the same <laughs> anger which is really <laughs> yeah. a funny thing so uh yeah so uh we'll be back next week with some more gripes and hopefully the Islanders will be back with some more points and uh, we will talk to you then. All right. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. We are going to be joined right now by a special guest. His name is Anthony Davino and he's with a company called FOCO that has uh, a selection of cool collectibles for sports fans. And they have a new bobblehead line uh, that includes Islanders star Matt Barzell. Uh, there's not a ton of Islanders stuff out there. And so I got very excited when I saw Barzell getting his own uh, collectible because this is really, really cool. And uh, we're going to talk with Anthony for a few minutes about this. Anthony, how are you? Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited oh, no. to uh, tell you guys about our Islanders products and especially this uh, bubble hockey bobblehead. Yeah. Oh, well, so so there you go. Like, So this is a bubble hockey bobblehead. So it's picture the bobblehead, but he's on a bubble hockey platform like a base right which is really cool yeah so um that idea was kind of a play on um obviously the game from like the 80s and 90s and then also last year when the playoffs were in the bubble so (laughs) we were trying to move fast enough to get it where we can launch it while they were still playing in the bubble Mm -hmm. um the bobblehead process can take a little longer than expected sometimes so unfortunately we didn't get to launch it during the bubble hockey playoff slash championship but, I mean, as you saw, they came out so cool and so great. We, we had to find a way to launch them. They do look really cool. And, yeah, so he's, you know, imagine Barzell. I'll include a link, obviously, in the uh, the post when we put this up at Lighthouse Hockey. Um, but, yeah, it's a bobblehead. First of all, it looks a, a lot like Matt, which is something that a lot of bobbleheads don't. I have a couple of Islanders bobbleheads <laughs> downstairs, and they're kind of hit or miss. I don't know. There was one from about 30 years ago that Clark Gillies was wearing a helmet. I still don't know how that got past uh the uh the folks in charge but uh it looks like matt and he's kind of in you know in stride and it's got the handle down so you can like move him like a bubble hockey player yeah it doesn't like twist and turn but you can move it like forward and backward that is really cool and it's got like a back and, uh, and everything. you know as you were saying with some of like the giveaway bobbleheads you know and those aren't always the yeah. best um quality and the likeness is somewhat off so a lot of our bo- well, majority of our bobbleheads are sold at retail, either at foco.com uh, or at the team stores. Um, unfortunately, you know, with COVID, fans can't go to the stadiums right now, so they're not in the stores now. But mm. if there was a normal season, they would be available at the team shop. So we really do hold ourselves to a, a higher standard when it comes to the likeness. We have to get approval from, you know, the NHL, PA, the league. Sometimes even the agent of the player gets involved. So it's really, it goes through a lot of approvals before we can actually launch it. So we really, really like to, you know, try to make it look as close to possible as the player. It's pretty close. The hair in particular, I think is whoever sculpted the hair really, really did a great job because it really does look, look exactly like, and you know, Barzell, you know, there's like a ton of like Alex Ovechkin stuff out there because he already kind of looks like a bit of a cartoon character. Like he's got a very, you know, distinctive face. And he's got, you know, you can kind of change it and mold it into kind of funny different ways. Barzell isn't really kind of like that, but uh, I really think you kind of nailed it. Um, so I am curious about that process. So, you know, obviously you have to license it with the team, with the league and all yep. that stuff. And then did you like 3D model his face based on a picture? Is that how it works? So um, 
It all starts, we have a, at work, we have like a group chat called the Bobble Tank. So people are always pitching Bobble ideas in there. Um, we have in-house designers who will draw up the artwork. And then we work with our factories um, overseas and the designers are going back with them, back and forth with them. Uh, it starts with a clay mold. And then, you know, the designers see the initial clay mold. Then they're you know doing critiques, like um, move the eyes up a little bit, put the ears over there, you know, widen the nose, like do this with the lips. So they're going back, you know, three to four times with the clay mold before it even gets painted to make sure that the face is how we want it. And then, you know, we go to paint and then you can get a better idea of it when it is painted and you can still make, you know, critiques and comments. So we're working hand in hand with, you know, our factories to make sure that it's to the, the standard that we want it to be before we even launch it. It's very cool. Um, I, I what size is it? Like I'm looking at the picture right um, now. Um, that one's probably a little bigger. Usually they're eight inches. That one might be ten inches. Oh, okay, yeah, because it's got the whole stand and everything. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's really neat. And so, uh, you know, like I said before, like you know, as Islanders fans, we don't look for a ton of uh of memorabilia. I, I'm 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 a I mean I'm a toy fan myself. I'm sitting at a desk right now. I got GI Joes on either side of me. I got a transformer <laughs> over here. I got my. Islanders starting lineups here and, and elsewhere in the house. And uh, you know, there's not a ton of Islanders like bobbleheads or, or collectibles out there. So I- I'm curious, uh, <laughs> this is going to sound, this is probably going to come out wrong because, but fortunately Matt Barzell doesn't listen to this, but like, how did you come to choose him? Because you have other guys. I mean, you have Ovechkin. I believe there's a, yep. there's a Tyler Sagan there. I think there's a Patrice Bergeron or is it Brad Marchand? One of the other. So like, these are some big name guys. And like to have Barzell in there is actually really kind of a cool honor in a yeah, uh, I mean, Barzell is super young. And from what I know about Islander, Islander fans, they're always referring to him as a superstar. You know, he's going to be the future. We work with uh, some of um, other affiliates that are, you know, they're Islanders fans. And when we told them, you know, who should we, what Islander would you like to see made? Everyone just kept saying Barzell, Barzell, Barzell. <laughs> um, I'm got, assuming he's a fan favorite. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he's only like 23, right? And I, I was right. looking up some of the stats before this and, I mean, I think he was like, I think he has 15 points in 15 games already this year. Yeah, like 15 he's points, like of, obviously goals in his added up. Yeah, he just had a nine-game streak snapped uh, yeah. last night. So yeah, no, this has been his has been a oh, great season right? for him. And uh, yeah, no, we we've been waiting for Barzell stuff. <laughs> it's just now is finally this this yeah, his time to get his own stuff. Yeah, and I'm not sure how you guys feel about it, but a lot of a lot of people like the fisherman jersey, so we're always getting requests for that. Mm. Oh, so you mean there could be like a version, like an alternate sort of version with the fisherman? Yeah. Jersey? So I mean, this uh, the this Matt Barzell is a part of the bubble hockey series, but we can always do like an individual, maybe with a you know the fisherman jersey, and maybe do something. The base or the background is more Islanders. Uh, thematic mm. i know i think this this is the last year for the collie yes right? this is the last year for the coliseum yeah, so maybe and, uh, you know maybe we can do something with that would do uh pay homage to the the collie um yeah on the base we know we it's like talking to you guys we really try to see what the fan wants we want to make it super memorable super collectible that you know, once you see that bobblehead like on your desk or, you know, in your house somewhere that, you know, it brings a smile to your face, remembering the good Islanders moments. Um, the fit, that's very cool. And it, it's nice that you guys give that extra time to kind of get that, that, you know, input. Um, I will say this though, the Fisherman logo is um, very divisive amongst the fan base. Yeah, but, I heard it. Uh, you love it or you hate it. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, some people have started hating it and now love it and vice versa. Um, yeah. I noticed you have um, a sort of like um, logos that are put together by like bricks. Um, and I'm telling you right now, if you did a fisherman, one of those, I would buy it in a heartbeat. <laughs> like that would be the coolest thing. Um, yeah, so you know, I actually write that down in my notebook and pitch that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Through. I forgot the name of the bricks, but it's pretty cool. Like, the, and you know, I don't want yeah, um, to use them. They're mini yeah. nano bricks. So our, our line is called Brixels. I mean, we have like college stadiums, NFL stadiums. Yeah. A lot of people like the MLB stadiums. We have yeah. players. But like also guys. players and logos. Yeah, it's really neat. So. so yeah, if you think the Fisherman would be a hit and if we have the license to do it, we'll, we'll make it. <laughs> well, 
I have no idea who owns that license to be honest. I gotta assume the Islanders do, but they're very, yeah, uh, very, very this <laughs> you might need a different license for like a retro logo. Right, yeah. But um yeah, I mean we we have a bunch of the licenses, so it really I don't think it should be an issue. That would be pretty cool. Well, I'll be on the lookout for that. Um <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna put a link uh where you can pre order the bobblehead. So these are pre orders now. So when do you guys anticipate uh yeah. the real release? So these will probably ship in late May, early June. Oh. Um, right now on the website, it says ships no later than, so it mm. always could come earlier, but we just do that date to be uh, safe. But Very yeah, cool. so the, um, the bobbleheads, I said, you know, they take about uh, 60, uh, 45 to 60 days for like mass production. Then we boat them over, boat them overseas. Um, they go to our, the ports in California. We have a warehouse in Arkansas where we do all our shipping. So then they eventually ship from Arkansas. That's cool. And, um, and like, is, is the pre-order time period like limited or like even after the pre-order you'll be able to buy? It? Um, it, so right. What we're doing is these, yeah, this one's numbered out of three sixty. Mm. So we're, we're really trying to increase the collectability of these. Um, I, as you, I'm not sure if you know, but there's some bobblehead collectors out there that are Super, yeah. super big on the, the numbering and stuff like that. And we want to make, just make it more valuable so that people that do buy it, you know, they they right. feel that they're, you know, it's even more special. That, right. you know, they're one of 360 that have this bobblehead. Right. All right. Well, you heard it right there. So do not hesitate. <laughs> if you're interested, click the link, pre-order it today. It's extremely cool. I know, you know, like you said, bobbleheads are always given out. People see them all the time. They're in stores. These are really, really cool. And you're going to want to take a look at this because it's really something that is going to stand. Even if you have an entire room full of bobbleheads, this one is definitely going to stand out and it's really cool. And it's Matt Barzell. Who doesn't love Matt? We all love Matt Barzell. Uh, Anthony, thank you so much for coming on. This has been great. Really appreciate uh, all the info and uh, good luck with the bobbleheads. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And more Islander stuff is to come. So I'll definitely keep you guys in the loop and make sure everyone from Lighthouse Hockey and the following knows about where to get it. <laughs> awesome. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later.